This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Senate Democrats are seeking to find a way around the hold on military promotions that Senator Tommy Tuberville has put in place ever since the early part of 2023. The Democrats met this week to craft a resolution that would confirm hundreds of military nominees without the process of presenting their names individually to the full Senate for consideration. The resolution passed the Senate Rules Committee with a 9-7 vote and will now head to the full Senate. Democrats will need nine Republican senators to vote in favor of the resolution in order for it to pass so far. It appears that the Senate Republicans are sticking with Tuberville in this matter. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall is pushing forward a bill regarding the U.S.-Mexico border crisis. Marshall and 26 other attorneys general are offering the Immigration Enforcement Partnership Act. The bill would force the Department of Homeland Security to fulfill their duties within 30 days at the U.S.-Mexico border regarding illegal aliens, or the state is authorized to step in and do the job instead. Marshall is asking Alabamians to call their congressional representative and urge that bill to be brought to the House floor. Marshall says if the federal government won't enforce federal law, then the state should not be stopped from doing so. The Etowah County Republican Party passes a resolution regarding sexually explicit books in public libraries. The resolution condemns the placement of such books in the children's section and calls it a targeting of minors with LGBTQ and sexually explicit materials. The resolution goes on to encourage local libraries and state leaders to appoint board members that reflect the values of the parents and taxpayers who do not want obscene materials within reach of children and young adults. The Etowah County Republicans also urged the Alabama Public Library Service to disaffiliate with the American Library Association. That vote is happening this coming Thursday at the APLS meeting. A nonprofit organization that deals with foster children and foster care is waiting for the governor to respond to a request that they made a month ago. In that time, Kids to Love has now received over 5,000 signatures in a petition to have that organization reinstated as a service within the Alabama Department of Human Resources. Kids to Love founder Lee Marshall reached out to Governor Ivey in October, asking for the governor to step in and resolve the situation that had occurred between the two organizations. DHR removed Kids to Love from their list of partnership agencies when it comes to foster children. However, Kids to Love maintains that they were given no proof or policy violation to justify the move and no avenue to seek remediation or reinstatement. A state execution is set for this Thursday. Death row inmate Casey McWhorter is scheduled to be put to death for a 1993 murder during a robbery that occurred in Marshall County. Protesters of the death penalty in general are petitioning Governor Ivey to put a stop to the plan. They are going to deliver thousands of signatures regarding McWhorter's case and regarding the death penalty in general. McWhorter did seek to have his case revisited by a court in 2021. It made it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, but they declined to take the case. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, well, the San Francisco streets hardly looked like they belonged in the U.S., not because they were all cleaned up and the tent cities full of homeless people, trash, and human feces had been removed, but the fact that the streets were lined with communist Chinese flags for the visit of Chinese communist dictator Xi Jinping. California Governor Gavin Newsom, along with his wife, were all smiles in greeting Xi Jinping. So was Joe Biden. Media camera coverage did not show any signs of an American flag being flown during the time that he was greeted or traveled along the San Francisco roads. Meanwhile, pro-Palestinian protesters took to the streets in San Francisco to protest the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit that Xi Jinping and Joe Biden are attending. 
Regarding Palestinians and Hamas, Fox News Digital was reporting on a secret Facebook account that was held by U.S. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib of Michigan. The group was unsearchable to the public on Facebook and consisted of members who were highly supportive of Hamas terrorists. Tlaib apparently joined that group six years ago. Following the October 7th attacks in Israel that killed over a 1,000 citizens, the group posted support for the Hamas terrorists and also posted pictures of an elderly Israeli woman being taken hostage. Canary Mission is a watchdog organization that is also reporting on Tlaib in particular, and they say that she has had three people with links to Hamas actively fundraise for her 2018 congressional campaign. One of those individuals was in prison for eight months for ties to Hamas terrorists. Over in Las Vegas, police have arrested eight of the 10 teenagers who beat a fellow student to death on November 1st. This all happened within steps of the high school that they all attended together. Lieutenant Jason Johansson heads up the homicide division at the LVPD. He spoke at a press conference following those arrests. Through our PIO office, we will be pushing out additional pictures of two individuals that we have yet to identify that participated in the incident and uh, with the uh, requesting assistance from the community with identifying them. Uh, additionally, in closing, I just want to uh, second the uh, undersheriff's uh, remarks. If you're, if you're a mentor uh, with youth, if you're a parent, you, you, can't, you have to assume that your kids have seen this video, has been shared widely on social media. Don't put your head in the sand. Please uh, talk to your kids about it and explain people need to know right from wrong and that this, was, uh, that this act was heinous. An English hockey player is being questioned by police over a gameplay that slashed open the neck of former Pittsburgh Penguin player Adam Johnson and killed him. Matthew Petgrave is seen on camera jumping in the air while extending the skates on one leg towards Johnson, which cut his throat. Many professional hockey players say the move from Petgrave was not anything that's ever been done or seen on ice before. Petgrave has been released on bail after the manslaughter inquiry. He plays for the Nottingham Panthers. Louisiana Congressman Clay Higgins had a very interesting discussion with the FBI Director Christopher Wray at a House hearing on Wednesday. Higgins claims that whistleblowers have been coming to him with information about ghost buses that brought in FBI agents to the January 6th event in Washington, D.C. in 2021. Higgins also alluded to more evidence yet to become public about confidential human sources and FBI agents deployed to that event. Earlier this year, an FBI informant who is reported to have, quote, his quote, under oath, marched to the U.S. Capitol with fellow Proud Boys members on January 6th, close quote. He said he was communicating with his FBI handler while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within the crowd on January 6th? If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying not. no? No. You're saying no? Not okay. violence orchestrated Let's by FBI on. sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. Well, it's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's a vehicle that's that's used for secret purposes, painted over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th, 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. 
And while we're talking about law enforcement over in the U.S. Secret Service, we're now finding out that the baggie of cocaine that was found in the White House this past July did in fact have DNA evidence on it. That information was revealed by Jesse Waters of Fox News after he filed a Freedom of Information request with the Secret Service and got back hundreds of pages of documents. Here's what Waters had to say with James Fitzgerald, who's a retired FBI forensic profiler, as they discussed the many discrepancies that were found within that report. James... So they have DNA, and they've had it the whole time, and they're preserving it. What's going on here? I think you'd almost have to do a few lines of cocaine, Jesse, to understand <laughs> all that you went through and all this investigation has been happening, happening with this investigation over the last few months. It seems like obfuscation is the, is the prime operating word here. Confuse everyone as much as possible. I'll leave out the clue game references with library to uh, to Cubby and who knows where Colonel Mustard may be or someone like that. But th- this is just, this should be a very simple investigation. A bag is found somewhere. Police, uh, uh, Secret Service are called. Here's the evidence. Send it to the lab. But there's just so much going on here. You can't help but ask yourself and any you don't have to even be an experienced profiler. Just ask yourself, there's just too much gone wrong here. No investigator is that bad. Even a crack investigator, no pun yeah. intended, would somehow get the basic information right here, get it off to the right lab, and get the primary uh, uh, DNA from the baggie, if, it, if the baggie still exists, and that could still be very valuable. All you need is one to ten nanograms of, uh, of DNA material for touch DNA, and you have your suspect. You have the suspect, people give the uh, swabs, and you should narrow this down within days. And Kentucky Congressman Thomas Massey offered an amendment that passed within the U.S. House. That amendment prohibits any taxpayer money funding gain-of-function research, whether here in the U.S. or abroad in other countries. Madam Chair, I rise in support of my amendment, which essentially prohibits funds from being used or being made available to conduct or support gain-of-function research. Section 533 of the underlying bill says that none of the funds in the bill can be used for gain-of-function research in China or Cuba or North Korea or Russia. The problem is that it doesn't prohibit this dangerous type of research anywhere else in the world. Why should we be funding it in France or Great Britain? In fact, why should we be funding it here? I will argue later that we shouldn't, that the risks far outweigh the benefits and that we should have learned our lesson. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying the daily detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of the daily detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 